When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So tonight we're going to talk about George Orwell. We're going to talk about George Orwell because, one, we're coming up on Banned Books Week, and it seems fitting. Two, um, when people talk about Orwell, they don't. They don't actually talk about the man. They talk about some of his writings. They pull quotes from those writings, and they use those quotes to justify whatever it is they believe. And that might work with a lot of authors. The problem is that Orwell used a whole lot of satire and parody in his writing. So what you think that quote means may not be. In fact, one of his famous quotes, we'll get to that. We're going to talk about him and talk about what he believed by going through some of his quotes. Some that actually reflect how he thought. And there's going to be one that I promise surprises you, and we are going to save it to the end. But first one, in our age, there is no such thing as keeping out of politics. All issues are political issues. This means a couple of different things. One, that government is becoming so totalitarian that it's involved in everything. And two, it's kind of a warning to those who only care about the pebble in their shoe, only care about those things that impact them directly. By the time that political issue that you abstained from getting involved in reaches you, well, it's too late to really do anything about it. This is basically that poem, first they came for the socialist and I said nothing because I wasn't a socialist. It's that poem condensed into one line. And that certainly impacted a lot of how he thought and a lot of what he wrote. All the war propaganda, all the screaming and lies and hatred comes invariably from those who are not fighting. Very true today. It's true then, it's very true today as well. When the next military intervention arises, the talking heads that convince you that it is absolutely necessary and if we don't do it, it'll be the end of the world. When it starts, they will be safely on set, watching their stocks in Raytheon rise. The very concept of objective truth is fading out of the world. Lies will pass into history. That's true, but it's always been true. This is not a particularly profound quote from Orwell, really. This isn't a uh, this isn't something groundbreaking on his part, but it explains a lot about why he wrote the way he did. In many ways, he wasn't worried about fact, he was worried about truth. And he used fiction to get to that truth. In a time of deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. 
This is definitely something he believed and truly reflected him. But I think people short sell this quote. They think it means Edward Snowden's a good person. And yeah, it could be applied that way. But see, I think this is really prophetic. I think what he's saying, really, is that the real battlefield of the future is that four-inch space inside your skull. And that with the control systems that governments have becoming so advanced, like mass media, as showcased in 1984, that if they are successful in using deceit to shape your beliefs and your ideology, they'll never face a revolution unless somebody tells the truth. That, to me, is pretty profound. Journalism is printing what someone else does not want printed. Everything else is just public relations. And that is true. Journalism is collecting other people's enemies as a hobby. This explains a lot about how he wrote. And, uh, what was it? Homage to Catalonia. There are entire sections of that book that could be dropped. Completely irrelevant to the plot, really. But they were included. In fact, they were criticized as being journalism within it. He was in a position to let people know what was going on, and he did. You know, Hunter S. Thompson is seen as the father of gonzo journalism. And that's definitely true. But maybe Orwell's the grandfather. Because a lot of what he did was in that same vein. He was telling things that others did not want told by hiding them a little bit, obscuring the facts a little, and putting it into a storyline. Now, the next one we're going to go into is probably one of his best-known quotes, and certainly the most misunderstood. If you want a picture of the future, picture a boot stomping on a human face forever. Man, that's chilling. <laughs> that is chilling. Man, he did not... Uh, didn't see a good future for us. The problem is that's not him. That's not him. I mean, he wrote the words, but they're not his thoughts. They're the bad guys in 1984. This has been cast as his prophetic, prophetic last warning to the people of the world. No, it wasn't. Orwell wasn't a pessimist. He was a realist. What this is saying, in, in the context of how it was really presented, was that the establishment, the elites, are betters. They see themselves as so far above us, they're not even human. And that they will use whatever means necessary to maintain power. This is about kicking down, stomping down in this case. Orwell didn't believe that. Orwell did not believe that, and he didn't think it would work. Not really. Because in his words, in his voice, in when he was talking about misusing metaphors, 
He said, in real life, it is always the anvil that breaks the hammer. Those taking the hits. Saying that it's not those that can dish out the most that win. It's those that can take the most. If there was a sequel to 1984, it would probably be the proles finding their power, realizing the power they have because of their numbers after taking so much abuse and staging a revolution. Now, this is the one that is going to shock a lot of people and uh, is definitely going to be the most entertaining. 1936-1937 turned the scale, and thereafter I knew where I stood. Every line of serious work that I have written since 1936 has been written directly or indirectly against totalitarianism and for democratic socialism. Put that on a put that on a picture of AOC and share it. <laughs> um, Orwell was a unique person. His writing, a lot of it was satire. It was parody. In order to understand it, you have to understand what was going on at the time, and you have to understand him. The idea that he thought the future was hopeless and that that was what was going to happen no no definitely not if he did he wouldn't have spent so much time trying to tell truth in an age of deceit anyway it's just a thought y'all have a good night